It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, real quick, I want to talk about Luis Castillo's performance in the All-Star game, and then we're going to get to my interview with Mike Martis, where we talk about his uh, ideas for rule changes, and then we also look at the Reds as he is a Reds fan in San Diego. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Also, check us out on Twitter, at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then hit us up on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. So the All-Star Game happened Tuesday night. The American League won its seventh straight game as they took the win 4-3 to on the home run by Joey Gallo that put them ahead late in the game. The the only appearance by a Reds pitcher was Luis Castillo. He came into the game, and I'm going to say it, he had the best inning. Because as far as pitchers who had more strikeouts, no one had more strikeouts for the National League. I mean, Walker Bueller also had two a pair of strikeouts in his inning of appearance, but he also gave up a run as well. Castillo kept it clean in the fourth inning and was garnering a lot of praise. In fact, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, mentioned that Castillo reminded him of Pedro Martinez. That's a pretty good uh, player comparison right there. I like that one. I was a little disappointed to see that Sonny Gray just was brought to Cleveland to watch the game. Didn't get in and pitch at all, but all in all, it was a nice night for Luis Castillo. And the National League didn't win, but, uh, you know, what else? Uh, that means that I believe I saw the series uh, record. Now the American League is up by two games. The American League has 45 wins, and the National League has 43. So who knows? Maybe they get back on the board next year. All in all, though, nice appearance for Luis Castillo. Now we're going to roll into the interview with Mike Martis. If you have not checked out his post, we talk about it a couple of times in his pod, er, in his uh, appearance on the podcast. He's got a great post on LockedOnReds.com about the five rule changes he would implement if he were made commissioner of Major League Baseball today. So I hope you enjoy this interview. What we're going to do real quick, I'm going to run through the break, and then we'll just have an uninterrupted section for the interview. For today's All-Star Break special, we've got Mike Martis in to talk a couple of different things. He wrote an awesome post at LockedOnReds.com looking at five different things that he would do if he were made commissioner today. Of course, this is all hypothetical. Rob Manfred's job is not in jeopardy. But we're going to pretend for a minute 
So Rob Manfred is joining Elon Musk in his quest to get to Mars, so there is a vacancy at the MLB commissioner position, and Mike Martis has stepped in to interview for the job today. Mike, how are you doing? Jeff, I am well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm happy to have you, man. And We're going to start this first, uh, we're going to start this mock interview here. Firstly, and foremostly, I think... Uh, just watching the game of baseball today, I think the biggest question, and this wasn't necessarily, I'm going to throw you a curveball right out of the gate, wasn't necessarily addressed in your article, but I definitely think you've got a thought on this. How would you address the problem, or at least the disparity, that is the marketing of Major League Baseball stars compared to the marketing of NBA and NFL stars? I, I actually... Uh, run marketing for a small tech startup out here in, in San Diego, but um, marketing is it's it's a, it's a you know it, it's a tricky tricky gig, right? But when you've got the market cornered, which the major sports leagues do, you can't you can't compare yourself to other baseball leagues around the world. You have to compare yourself to the the big money making leagues in the United States, and that's the NFL, that's the NBA, you know. And I just don't see. I watch TV and I don't see you know, uh, as many commercials that feature specific players. You know, Mike Trout comes to mind. This guy should be the biggest, you know, sports star on the planet. We're talking about, a, you know, statistically, you know, a reincarnation of, of, of Roger Maris or Babe Ruth. You know, we're talking about a guy that just does everything and does it well, you know, and you just never hear about him. I live on the West Coast, and I rarely ever hear about Mike Trout. You know, and it's partially because of his personality. He doesn't have a big, you know, out there personality. But baseball has a problem with being, uh, you remember when the NFL was known as the no fun league, right? Right. Uh, that, that was all the stem. And Bengals fans are very, very aware of that, right? Cincinnati fans are very aware <laughs> of the no fun league, right? I mean, yeah. it, you know, so, uh, you know, so, but, but baseball is, is getting really, really close to being the curmudgeon of of mass uh, you know of of global sports brands but i think the idea there what i what i would do i think is basically convene you know hire the best mark the best sports marketing firms i can find and come to them with the problem and say look guys here's what's going on you know uh how do i how do we shake the stigma of the a com the you know a com curmudgeon Type filled league that 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 has a bunch of unwritten rules that all of them seem to be geared toward making the game less fun and making players into robots instead of human beings, which most of these guys are uh, younger than I am. I feel like I'm still uh, too immature to, you know, probably even be on TV, let alone this podcast, but all, all these guys are younger than I, young, all these guys are younger than I am. And, and, you know, they hit a home run off of the, off of the major league pitcher. I don't care how many times you've done it. That's an exciting thing to do, man. You should, you're, you should be, you know, you know, nobody, you know, nobody uh, gets mad. You know when uh, Steph Curry uh, poses after hitting a hitting a you know uh, a thirty foot three pointer. You know uh, nobody nobody gets mad about that and says oh he's ruining the league or something. You know or he's just right. it's it's just it's crazy and and baseball is uh, is a local you know as a regional sport you know outside of a few teams right so it's going to be mm -hmm. difficult to to build a national brand sometimes but the, but when you have a team like the Cubs kind of uh, 
spitting in the face of, of the, the old school, traditional unwritten rules of baseball, you know, and then also winning the world series while doing it, you know, that, you know, that can be a big step forward. You just have to keep capitalizing on them on that kind of, uh, you know, celebratory, you know, you, you should celebrate the game. And, and, and I wanted to dive into a couple of different topics that you presented. You had mentioned getting the stars, getting the, the high ranking prospects up through the farm system quicker and your system of instead of like service time and all that other stuff, focusing more on the player's age, how would you go about getting teams to buy into that? You know, at, at a certain level, those, you know, when you're the commissioner of baseball, the, the owners of the teams, those, those are your, those are, those are all your bosses, right? I mean, collectively, if right. they lose faith in you, they, they, if they lose faith in you, they can, they can make moves to get rid of you. Right. So mm-hmm. it would take a lot of political kind of capital, but I think that, I think that the, you know, the problems that can arise, you know, with the with with dealing with player age, I think can be dealt with. I mean, I don't. I I, I tried to come up with, tried to play devil's advocate a little bit with what what would the teams push back on here? And I know it's a matter of, uh, of not having a player under team control for seven seasons, right? Right. And I think I think at a certain level, it's just got to be. Look, I'm making this move. Get and. and and the players union is going to be, would be, I think would be completely behind that move, right? The players union, I think would be very excited about, about the prospect of getting the younger players up through the, you know, up through the system, up into the big leagues faster, but they would have to, they would be looking for, I think the biggest deal would be looking for protections for veteran players. Right. And so I think, I think that's where most of the most of the negotiations would have to happen with the players' unions representing the, the veterans, um, but also teams. You know, the teams that uh, the team owners and the and the management. I think that what you'd have to do is just try to sell it, sell the teams on a vision, and say, "Look, it's a new day in baseball. We want to get to a point where." People actually watch the MLB draft. And with these rule changes, you're also talking about, you know, uh, if you draft a, if you draft a 20 year old player, you know, out of college, so you know, a college uh, junior, um, or, yeah, college sophomore, um, you draft that guy, and he just, now he has a real decision. Most college sophomores, if they get drafted, they get drafted in like, you know, they so get drafted in the fifth round of the MLB draft, right? Mm-hmm. Now. You have an now you have you have a couple of decisions. I can stay in school for two more years, and 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 stay with the team. You know, compete for national championships, play at a play at a really high level. You know that that kind of stuff. Or I can take this money that this team's going to give me, and then I can go play in their farm system for two years. I in either scenario, I'm not going to be in the big leagues for not, for at least two two seasons. So why not stay in college, sure. right? Now with the rule change here, this is saying, look, if I draft you at at, at the age of you know if you're twenty uh, if you're twenty years old and I draft you at the at the age of twenty six, you know, uh, I'm I'm free to I'm a free agent. I'm free to hit the market, right? So th- it's actually to this this team drafted me. I'm 20 years old. They only have six years of, you know, the maximum 
six years of service. Um, and, and, uh, so that, that gives them an incentive to develop me quickly and get, get me to, uh, the big league level as fast as they can. I actually have a chance. I could go and prove, um, prove I'm worth, uh, calling up and, and get, get make a spring training roster the next season, possibly. That's not really an option now, you know, at this point being realistic, unless you are a superstar, unless you're Bryce Harper, you know, you're, you're, you're not gonna, or, you know, you're not gonna get called up. I mean, even, um, even the, the, you know, the, the really young, really good players, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, Chris Bryant, even they got, you know, their, their, their service time manipulated by the, by the teams because they wanted an extra, their teams wanted an extra year, uh, of, of, uh, of their contract. And I, I just right. don't think that's fair. I think, I, I think these big baseball teams make enough money and they have enough lawyers employed under, you know, in their, in their organization, um, that, you, that you have enough advantages as it is. Let's, let's take away the, uh, the added advantage of, of, you know, 19, 20 year old kids, not really understanding, you know, the ins and outs of these contracts necessarily. And let's make it kind of simplified, you know, you know, simplify it down. Looking at a couple of other different things that you were talking about, rule changes and stuff, a, a big, at least, I guess it's not just this year, but every single year, a very easy topic to talk about is the ever-changing strike zones of each and every different umpire. In fact, we all know Angel Hernandez's name because his strike zone doesn't make any sense. With that being said, your first rule change that you talked about was to implement a digital strike zone. How would you go about implementing that? Yeah, so, you know, I work in the technology industry, and I just, I know for a fact this technology already exists. In fact, if you watch a primetime game on Fox, uh, you'll see that they can, in real time, not only show you the little box that everybody's familiar with nowadays, mm-hmm. but you can actually watch and see the top of the top and bottom of the box moving to adjust for where that player's midpoint between their belt and the, and the top of their shoulders are, which is the, you know, rule book definition of the top of the strike zone. It moves around based on where that, where it's mapping the, the shoulder. And I don't, the way they do that, by the way, um, I'm not sure, I don't know if you know this, do you, do you have an Xbox by chance? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, do, so, you know, the, uh, the VR system connects the, the Xbox connect, mm-hmm. um, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, the way that works is, is, is it's, able, it's, it's capable of, of mapping out a human body. And what it does is it puts points at your shoulders, at your hips, at your knees, and at your feet, and at the, at your, at basically all your joints, right? It, right. Puts, it, puts, it, it finds those, puts, mid, puts tracking points on them, and then tracks them. As long as you stay on the screen, it'll track you wherever you go, right? And that's the same technology we're talking about here. Basically, basically, it maps out the players standing in the box. It puts the bottom of the strike zone at the bottom of that first at that at where where it maps the knees, right? And it puts the top of the strike zone in mathematically, precisely between the top of their shoulders and where their waist is, and that's what the strike zone is, right? And then the okay. width is obviously the is, is obviously the width of the plate. That's all that technology already exists. In fact, most of the people listening probably use a form of it in some way all the time. If if you use any kind of uh, virtual reality gaming system, it, it essentially does that same thing, right? And this, and look, if I can sit here and watch a game on a, on a, you know, half second delay or full second delay via my cable and be able to 
be able to call strike balls and strikes. I think that they can do a live feed in the stadium to do the same thing, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the, the the and the problem is it's not just it's not just missed strike calls going outside, you know, strike, you know, balls that miss the zone by four inches that get called a strike. It's also you know, balls that hit the they hit the strike zone, but you know, but because the catcher was set up inside for an inside bat, you know, inside two seamer, but the but the uh, the pitcher misses a spot and it goes all the way to the outside part. The catcher has to reach across the plate to catch it. It looks like a ball because the catcher reached so far, but really you can see it went through the strike zone, right? Right. And and that kind of stuff. That's not that's still a strike. I don't care. And I know old school baseball players. And and I was a pitcher. I still am. I still do pitch. Um, you know, when I was learning to pitch when I grew up, I watched Greg Maddox and it's just all about location. And my, my dad used to tell me, you know, it doesn't matter if you think it's a strike. If you hit, if you hit the, uh, if you hit the gloves, even if the catcher's set up outside the strike zone, as, as the umpire will reward you for that. The pro the problem is that's not in the rule book and yeah. it's okay. I'm actually completely fine with that at lower levels of baseball, right? Expand the strike zone a little bit. Get the get the younger kids to swing the bat and hit the ball. Don't don't force you know. Don't try to work walks you know in 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 uh, you know fourteen year old in, in AAU baseball. You know get up there get up there and swing the bat. But in the, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars at stake, world championships at stake, the best players on the planet, right? And I know because I'm not you know I play rec league baseball in San Diego and I can go out and roughly. When if, as long as I'm warmed up and feeling good, I can roughly hit my spots 75% of the time, right? And I'm not that good. So I know, I know that major league pitchers can hit their spots just about every time, right? And, right. and, and that, goes back, that goes back to the people when you throw at people, the retaliation pitches for, for celebrating home runs. Dude, don't don't tell me it slipped. That was a 95 mile an hour four seam fastball directly <laughs> at the directly at the guy's hip. You didn't slip. You didn't miss your spot by four feet. You threw at him. You know, right. don't I? It's you know, don't 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 take us off for idiots here. Also wanted to touch on a couple more things here in the mock interview for Commissioner Commissioner Martis coming up. Uh, what <laughs> what is your plan? for expanding the DH into the National League? Because I, I'm with you on the idea it needs to be done. Not that we love the idea of a designated hitter, but it's just crazy at this point that we've gone this long with separate rules for separate leagues. I know they used to be separate and all this other stuff, like even in terms of offices for the leagues and all this other junk, but they've centralized everything in a major league baseball and the one thing that remains different is the dh how would you bring that to the national league right yeah it, it, it would be weird if you turned off turned on an, uh, an nfc football game and, and they were playing Canadian rules right yeah like, what, what 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 is this right so they're two different these are two different games all right look the the, the fact of the matter is what makes a game a game are the rules that everybody agrees to play by Right. If you start, if you change the rule, now it's a different game. Right. That's why there's a, a thousand different versions of poker. Yeah, poker is the general form. Right. But each individual game of poker has different rules. Right. We're all playing baseball. Let's all play by the same rules. Now, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I actually like. I actually like the uh, the way that the national League, the uh, national league does it. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the of of the DH in general. Right. But Fans 
in gen- fans in general love it. They they like they, they like the DH. I think that uh, I think that the way that you have to go about it, so, you know, the, the fans love it, so you know it's not going to go away. And the you know the the, the American League is not going to get rid of it. And so but the National League needs to adopt it. And that's just, you know, just the way it is. I mean, once you, you know, it's like once they, once they implemented the three-point line in, 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 uh, in the NBA, they're not going to go back. They're not going to take it away. You know, it's there now. You know, so, so, so you know, I don't know, I don't know that people, uh, younger people even realize that there didn't, <laughs> there didn't used to be a three-point line, right? <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's a little strange. Yeah, so, but, but there are baseball fans now that, that don't don't realize that the that the the designated hitter is a relatively you know in the grand scheme of things baseball is a very old game i mean we're celebrating 150 years of reds baseball right you know this year um in that on that time frame the designated hitter has not been around for that long right so so what what we're what we're looking at doing is i, I you have to be realistic about it nationally and national american league teams have had Years and years and years now. I think what it was introduced in 1973, I believe, was the designated hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've had decades now to build their rosters around the idea of my pitchers never have to hit, and I get one extra batter in my lineup. Right? I get one extra thumper or whatever you want to use it for. Right. If you just if you just said okay now now National League teams now you get to now you get to. Uh, uh, now you get to have a, a designated hitter and don't, and you don't, that's all you say. You don't, you don't make any caveats or anything like that. Now what you're doing is saying, well, I know you just built uh, this car f- at a very specific spec, right? But now I'm, now we want you to run this very different race with it. Right. right? And, and that's not fair. So what I'm, what I would, what I would want to do is have a grace period where basically uh, the, the clubs, you know, and, and I've kicked this around, you know, I, I'm always open to suggestion, but there are a lot of things you can do. I think that you add a roster spot or, uh, and, and, and to be fair, because, you know, my, 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 my pitch for, uh, for being commissioner is, is to increase fairness. To be fair, the American League will also get the extra roster spot uh, with, the caveat, with the caveat of you can't use it for a pitcher. You have to use it on a position player. But, you know, there are just so many more like you know interesting things that we could do um with all of these rules i think too often people think about rule changes as just one little thing that may or may not have that big of an impact what i'm trying to do is make my my rule changes tie into one another so that they actually they actually uh make them more meaningful you know as you know the 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 rookie contract thing is more meaningful now that you have an extra roster spot to bring these rookies up into right and uh, you know this. It, you know, actually, the biggest question you mentioned the, and not to get completely off track here, but <laughs> you mentioned you you mentioned the uh, home run celebration clock. That was actually the biggest feedback I got from you know people who read the article mm-hmm. uh, asking me what's the, what's the punishment. That's what they were wondering. What's the punishment if somebody doesn't if somebody you know goes longer than thirty seconds? On, and by the way, a thirty second home run trot is really slow. Right. Um, that's plenty of time to do all kinds of celebrating. Um, so that's not, you know, that's not even the question. The question was, well, what, what, what if, you know, what if people break the rule? What do you do? And, and the answer is, I don't really know. You know, I, I think, 
I think, you, you know, you could do a whole bunch of things. You, you know, you could do a team warning and say, uh, okay, this, this guy celebrated for too long. I'm warning the whole team. So the next warning is an, is an automatic ejection. So if you, if you're selfish and put your team in danger like that, you can get one of your teammates kicked out of the game for the next, for the next thing that happens. Or you can just do an immediate ejection and say, dude, get out of here, you know, because that's only fair, right? If we're going to kick the pitchers out for retaliating, you know, without, without a warning, uh, then, then we should be able to kick out the batters for, for you know, because there's a – look, uh, we're giving you the time. We're saying do whatever you want. Just don't go over the time. That's a really – we're not asking a lot there, right? That's right. not a big ask. You know, that's something that toddlers do, you know. Come home, you know when the when the when the big hand when the big hand hits the twelve, then then you're done, and I need you to be done. You know, so uh, I don't think it's a big ask for for major league baseball players to get around the bases in thirty seconds, celebrate, do what they need to do, get back in the dugout. And if they can't, then maybe they should uh, go sit in the clubhouse and think about what they did. <laughs> for sure, that's all right, man. Well, hey, we're gonna transition real quick. Uh, got a few more minutes left. Want to talk about? Just the view from San Diego, as far as being a Reds fan in San Diego, what's been your take on the first half of the season? What's been your What's been your favorite, and what's been your least favorite part about it? Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, San Diego is not as uh, crazy about their baseball as, as Chicago was. You know, I lived in Chicago before this, mm-hmm. but. Um, I do see it's a it's a lot more eclectic fan base. So you see you see fans from all different teams all over the place. I mean, I, I've gone to the Petco Park, which is a great park, by the way. If anybody, if you're ever in Southern California and and, and during baseball season, I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it's really fun. It's no GABP, but it's very it's very fun. I've um, gotten the chance. Great Taco Tuesday deal. Oh yeah. I mean, they have great barbecue there too, actually. Oh yeah. But it's 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 a cool park, man. And and but as far as the the baseball fans here, any market doesn't matter where your team is located. If you put a young, exciting team out on the field that's winning, people will come and watch it. Um, as far as the Reds go, I am very very pleasantly surprised. I said at the very beginning of the season that all things remaining equal, and they've stayed relatively healthy, right? I, I think. The Alex Wood injury has been – nobody's talking about it because the Reds pitching staff has been lights out, right? I think, I think if you had one or two starters not pitching well, people would be really chomp, uh, champing at the bit, trying to, you know, waiting for Alex, Alex Wood to get up, get up right. to the majors, uh, get, you know, get healthy. But right now it's just looking like he might have to pitch out of the bullpen. That's how good – that's how good – I mean, he was, the, he was the key acquisition in all the trades. You know, the, the offseason, he was the key offseason acquisition, right? This is, that's the he guy was. they were very excited. They were, they were very excited to get Alex Wood. And, and he, the, basically, you know, Derek Dietrich was kind of a throw-in. Um, uh, Jose Iglesias, people didn't really, you know, expect, I don't think he had a lot of high expectations. I think he's very, he's, he's way outperformed kind of what he, uh, what people thought he was going to do. I think people thought he was just going to be a backup infielder, essentially. Now it looks like he could be their shortstop of the future, and he's played that well. Um, but the guy that they really were excited about getting, the, the left-handed starter, hasn't, been, hasn't, hasn't played a, you know, in a red uniform yet. And we're right. sitting here at the All-Star break. Uh, what are we, six, six games out in first place? So uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, uh, 
way more than people thought. I, at the beginning of the season, I said the ceiling for this team is, is sniffing at the last play at, at the last at the last wild card spot. If at the end of the season, and I still think they could do that. By the way, I still think that's their ceiling. I think they could get to if they get to 500 and then put together a win streak. Now you're talking about now you're talking about competing for that last wild card spot. Unfortunately, you know their ceil- their 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 floor their floor is very low. You know, I, I think that they could a couple of injuries here or there and a couple of guys coming back down to earth uh, in that pitching staff. Um, and you could see this team really hit skids and, and be, you know, way, way in last place, kind of like last year. But I really realistically, realistically, I think they're a 500 baseball team. I think they'll, you know, and if you take out, by the way, the first nine games of the season, they went one and eight, right? Right. You take the if if you take those games out or just or just change it and say what if they would have went five hundred during that span? Huge. Yep, they would be five. They would be five hundred now, right? So this is a five hundred baseball team. And by the way, those uh, a certain someone had was having their uh, their service time manipulated during those first nine games. <laughs> yep, and it, and wasn't playing right. So uh, another another thing that you know another uh, another thing that the uh, that the uh, commissioner. Uh, you know that that me as commissioner would would have fixed. You would have had Nick Senzel in in the you know on the opening day roster. Um, but I, hey, I think the future is really really bright. I think it's going to be fun watching this team uh, for the rest of the season. But this this isn't about what you're watching right now. Is not about this season. This is about two seasons from now. In two years from in two years from now, you're going to have Hunter Green. You're going to have Nick Lodolo. You're gonna have probably Taylor Trammell. You're probably gonna have you're gonna have uh, Nixon Zell's gonna be hitting his prime. Um, you know Jesse Winker's gonna be hitting his prime. Uh, depending on what they do, Yasiel Puig might be still around. You know, in, in a couple of years. And you're talking about you know a, a team that's right with with uh, with potential to put it all together. And this is the way small market teams have to do it, right? I mean, and, and it's just it's just the reality of it. Of you kind of have to time it up right, you know. You kind of have to get people healthy and to the big league roster and hitting their hitting their stride all at the same time. Um, you saw that, uh, and actually, I say that's you know, I say that that's how uh, small market teams do it, but that's actually how the Cubs did it the last time. You know, when they won the World Series. That's how they did it. They they timed it perfectly. They got all of those guys up, uh, you know, they got all those guys up basically at the same time. And within a year of all those guys getting called up, they were they were considered one of the best teams in baseball. The Astros did a similar thing. Now the Astros spend a little bit more money on free agents, um, but the you know the Reds just historically haven't done that. And uh, when they do, it's uh, you know it's it's a, they try to they try to do you know try to pick up very safe contracts. Um, but they have a, you know, a potential all-star can't, you know, perennial, a potential perennial MVP candidate at, at playing third base for them right now. And, and Suarez is just it, it, watching him play. He's so smooth over there playing third base and, and he, he generates so much bat speed when he swings the bat. It just, it looks like, you know, you know, uh, the movie 300 where they would go in slow motion, they go in slow motion and then all of a sudden yeah. he speeds way up. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what his swing. That's what his swing looks like. It's amazing to watch, and and he barrel when he barrels it. You know, it it goes. And so these guys are, you know, these guys are all, and you can tell they're having fun. That's the that's the 
that's the best part I think about this team. Look, the record's not anything great. We've seen in all we've seen within the last, over the last ten years, we've seen teams like this, right, hanging around at the All Star break. But the difference is these guys look like they're having a great time. Like they all are, they're all vibing. I love that they're doing all of the uniforms this year, and you get to see them. Um, uh, yeah, because they look like little kids, like li- the little league team that just got a brand new uniforms, right? They're running out there showing off their uniforms. Right. They're, they're having, yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're having fun, man. That's what you're supposed, you know. They're Dietrich's drawing Fu Manchus with with eye black on himself, and <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it like they're having fun, and and you know, uh, if I'm not going to watch a team that 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 could, uh, you know, win the World Series. Which this team can't. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Like they just can't. But, sure. but if I'm not going to watch them uh, compete for a World Series, I want to watch them having fun, you know, and scoring runs and playing playing the game uh, the way we all did when we were when we were little. You know, like I, I want to. That's what that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the stale breadsticks just going through the motion. Right. Sure. That's that's not that's not any fun. No. I'm, uh, yeah, and I'm with you too. When the teams lose, I mean. If you can't be good, be entertaining, and this team is absolutely entertaining. And they're sometimes they're good, and sometimes <laughs> they're good too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Too. Not to discount that at all. I mean, they they've had some good stretch. I just I I want to see them put it together for a little bit longer than a six game win streak. Maybe like you know eight out of ten or something like that. But they I they've kept everyone interested this far, and that's not something they've done in the last five years. And really, I mean. People say what they will. There's still people that are down on them, especially locally, that are down on them. Oh, they're in last place. Look at that last place, Reds. It's like they're they're only and, and just to check the standards. They're only four and a half out. Like I don't know what more you're looking for from a team that's been as bad as they were in the last couple of years. So just it's it's been fun to watch, and I'm hoping for more of the same going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I always when people say that, you know. Because uh, I have people tell you know, oh, Reds are in last place. I don't know why you're so, why, why you know, why you're so, uh, you know, confident about them, or why you, why you watch them every day, and right. all this stuff. And and I say, look, ask yourself this. I, I get it. They're in last place. That is a fact, and I'm not going to argue that fact. But ask yourself this: When the season started, if I would have told you at the All Star break the Reds were going to be, we're going to have a top three pitching staff in all of baseball including the bullpen, uh, that they were, uh, that they're going to spend, what are we at? What is it? Three, three people to all-star game. Two people to all-star game and that they're going to be four and a half back of the Cubs for the division lead at the all-star break. You telling me that, that you would, you wouldn't take that. You'd say, you would say, you would say, actually, no, they should be way better than that this year. I don't think so. I think you're kidding yourself. If you think that, that three, four months ago, you would have said the Reds should be in first place at the All-Star break. In fact, I think most people probably, if they're you know, in a moment of, of honesty, would say they'll probably be about 10 games back right. at the All-Star break because you know, the Cubs are just that good. And the Cardinals just randomly will have outrageously good seasons with, with random guys they call up from AAA, right? I don't know how they do it. They're just, <laughs> you know, they, they, just, they just got guys just feeding that major league system. But you know, you never know with the Cardinals. They could they could put together a hundred win season basically at any given time. The Cubs the same way. Um, the Pirates will randomly put together good seasons. You know, but you know, 
it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a competitive division. And, and I think the Cubs are underperforming and I think the Reds have taken, you know, the whole division's taken advantage of that. But, you know, if, if put, put it to you this way, if the Reds were four and a half games back, but they were in second place instead of last place, what, I mean, would that be, would that be better? Oh, it's funny because I mean, like, I'm with you. I take that all day. The fact that they're four and a half out, I don't care that, you know, fifth place sits next to their team. If they're only four and a half out, then that's amazing. But you're right. If if it was second place and four and a half out, people would be super positive about them and oh, yeah. be super happy about them because they see that second place. It's like really just a good week. You know, like maybe they go mm-hmm. six and one, five and one, whatever that is. That and and they do it against divisional opponents. That vaults them into second place right then and there, and people are just losing their minds about it. So yeah, they're gonna yeah. have yep, they're gonna have yeah. an opportunity to do that right after the All Star break. They they, right. play, they they play they go they go they play a series with the uh, Brewers and then the Cubs, and I think then the, the the Pirates. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm, I'm I don't have it in front of me, but they have three you know three of their next five series after the All Star break. I think are against division you know people directly ahead of them in the standings they have an opportunity to do just that and you know you know i think what i think will happen is they'll go 500 through that stretch and basically stay where they're at um but look this is this is why we watch the games though you know this is what keeps look if you're four and a half out at the all-star break you know even if that translates mathematically to being nine games out by the end of the season if you know all things being you know you know the, the same but baseball is a, it produces weird outcomes, and and we know that Joey Votto is only going to get he has his his career is filled with just outrageous second halves, right? right? If you took Joey Votto's career and just counted the second halves and and, and threw out all the first half stats, he would you know it, it would look more like you know there would probably he would more look more like Mike Trout than than, than Joey <laughs> yeah. Votto. But and, and if and, and same thing with Yasiel Puig as the as the weather gets hot, Yasiel Puig is going to start bopping pop-ups out of that ballpark at a crazy rate and I, I think that you've only seen the beginning of that Suarez the same way he has he typically puts together pretty good second halves I think that this team is built it, you know it's, to me it's all about it's all about if those arms stay healthy you know uh, I'm really worried about uh, about Hernandez I think he's being overused uh, and I think that's a you know a product of not having enough lefties in that bullpen which is why I think Wood is going to be in the bullpen when he comes back um, and I, I just, I, you know, David Bell is, you know, and we're still operating with a new, a new manager. I think people don't know what to think about him, right? People don't know what to think about David Bell yet. People are looking for reasons when you're a new manager. And for some reason, Cincinnati fans are like this, you know, and, and that's why you got to watch out. You got to watch out for uh, the new Bengals coach as well. Um, that first season, man, they will pick every little thing apart and say, wait, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? Why are you pitching this guy in this spot? Why did you pinch hit this guy? What is, you know, all, everything gets questioned. Right. And, and I think David Bell's handled it really well. I think that um, the fans love the Cincinnati fan, fans love them. A fiery head coach, right. A fiery manager. He gets kicked out of some games. Right. He, he shows his, he shows his passion. He gets out there and mixes it up. And, and uh, you know, and, and you can tell the players like him, you know, even though the, I don't think the pitching staff, like, there are a few pitchers down there that, that, that I think don't like him as much because he's like the modern day Captain Hook, right? He, he goes out, he's the modern, modern day Sparky Anderson. He goes out there when he thinks you, 
when he thinks you're done, he goes out there and gets you, you know, like, you know, he's not going to, uh, he's not going to, he's not going to give you a chance to, to lose the game for him. Right. And, and I think that, you know, starting pitchers get, get a little crusty about that. And, but, but overall, I think he's doing well. He's, he's probably still learning on the job, but he, you know, I, the, the team's like, you know, the prospects of this team are looking up and I, I haven't been able to say that in four or five years. Right. Exactly. Well, hey, Mike, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on tonight and uh, talking your piece. Like like I mentioned before, if you have not checked it out, go over to Locked On Reds right now, LockedOnReds.com, and check out Mike's piece about the rule changes he would make if he were made commissioner today. Mike, I thank you for your time, man. And uh, Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.